right. We're going we're going to dive back into to First Timothy. <clears throat> um, we spent time last week. Um, kind of got introduced to the the idea of looking at First Timothy because we were thinking about and talking about what Paul was doing while he was in the midst of all of this persecution uh, throughout the book of Acts that we were studying. And, you know, you, you realize that you're looking at what Paul's dealing with, uh, that he's also writing all these other letters and sending them, and his thoughts are with the churches he's founded. His thoughts are with those that are in the faith that, that he feels the need to encourage and feels the need to, to lift up and to teach. And, uh, and so we started looking at First Timothy last week, and um, we've gotten down to, uh, I think we got down to, I think it was, where we at? here we go. Yeah, we, were, we only got through about 11 verses last week. And, uh, but, but we had talked about, I think we ended up talking about the law and how, and how he reminds us that the law is good and, and that it's useful and that there's a purpose in the law and that it allows us to see what we're doing wrong. And I kept trying to think last week of the terminology that um, was used on the, the Way of the Master program. Um, and again, I forgot his name, and now I'll let us straight into dude. But what I was trying to remember was law to the proud, grace to the humble. That's, that's, I could not get that last week. And for some reason, I'm sitting in church and Tank's preaching away and my brain is still trying to remember what I couldn't remember. You aren't listening. It, not at all. No. That hurts my But I was still nodding and smiling. That's all that At least he was away. Sometimes but, I have to rewatch it at home. Uh, <laughs> I'm like the Charlie Brown teacher up there. Verse eleven, uh, and, and we covered about the law, talked about the different different commandments that uh, Paul was writing about there. And in verse twelve, he starts to talk about um, Jesus and his role in saving sinners. And so let's just start reading in verse twelve and <clears throat> see where it takes us here. Verse twelve. Paul writes, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithfully, he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent. So think about this. Paul is, is making it very clear. Obviously, we know Paul's history. We know where he came from. We were studying the book of Acts. We, we understand his his uh, uh, salvation story on the road to Damascus and his conversion, and we know what, what happened. But but Paul's reminding us here of what a, and I look at that word insolent that's used here in the ESV, and, and all I can think of is an extreme bully. 
I mean, to, to the nth degree. So if, if we think we've experienced bullying in our lives, we probably have never experienced anything like what Paul was putting Christians through. And he says he was a blasphemer, a persecutor. But if you look at the next line here, he says, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. <laughs> now, I've got to ask this question because the first time I ever read this, it, 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 it caused me to, to, to question just a little bit what this means. I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. Does that seem like a, 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 an interesting way to, to phrase some things, or does it make you make you wonder what is the what's the point of mentioning and bringing out that he acted ignorantly? Is there is there anything we can can gain out of that? Because it's not something that you you don't want to you don't want to interpret this the wrong way and think well. Does that mean that if we do things out of ignorance that we're just automatically forgiven? Anybody have any insight they want to want to lend to that? Because I think this this does lend itself to some discussion. Was this referring to when he was persecuting Christians before? Yeah, I think that's yeah. This is before he was saved. So I have it actually has a reference back to that in Acts in that verse in my Bible, so I guess he's just pointing out that he thought that he was doing right at that time, and he's pointing out that I was acting ignorantly. I didn't believe. I didn't understand what I was doing. I thought that it was correct, but it wasn't, but God saw me faithful and showed mercy on me, and now you know, his life has been changed. Which is an interesting way to, to look at that. God saw me faithful even though... I was doing something completely wrong, but I was, but my heart was truly trying to please him, which is, a, which is an interesting, interesting concept here. So what about, Joy, did you have something you wanted to? Yeah, it just says, Paul's ignorance was not the reason he had been shown mercy, as if ignorance excused sin or warranted mercy. The point is that his salvation was undeserved. He probably made this point to contrast with the false teachers. When Paul opposed Christ and persecuted the church in the past, he had not yet professed faith. These false teachers professed to follow Christ, but still acted to undermine his influence. They were coming dangerously close to being cut off from God's mercy. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, it, isn't it? Yeah, it references what she was talking about Acts as well. Yeah, so so I think it, it, it bears it bears understanding or at least um, thinking about from a couple of different angles. Let me read you. Um, you know how I love Wearsby. Um, Wearsby says, "What did Paul's ignorance have to do with his salvation? Is ignorance an excuse before God? Of course not. The fact of his ignorance is related to a special Jewish law." If a person sinned knowingly with a high hand in Israel, he was cut off from the people. But if he sinned in ignorance, he was permitted to bring the proper sacrifices to atone for his sins. Jesus recognized this principle when he prayed on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Which I found that an interesting observation. It says their ignorance did not save them, nor did Christ's prayer save them, but the combination of the two 
postponed God's judgment, giving them an opportunity to be saved. So Wiersbe is saying that that Paul is trying to make it known, and I think all these things are 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 that play into it and, and have merit. But Paul is trying to make it known that it was God's grace that he looked at me and saw me as an ignorant person, not knowing what I was doing. And he allowed me to have the time to get to salvation. You know, we'll oftentimes pray, you know, Lord, just give us more time to reach people. Give us more time and to, to, to get to those people who don't understand what they're doing and don't understand how lost they are. And, and in this, I can see Paul telling Timothy that it was the, the grace of God that allowed him to continue on until he reached salvation. Um, but but I, I like what, what you said, Crystal, because you remember a couple of weeks ago I talked about uh, Zach telling me one time when he said, you're here this morning. I am. Yes. Um, you know, you, you probably remember years ago being in the truck driving along and me struggling with decisions and and you made a statement to me that, Dad, don't you think that that even if you make the wrong choice, if you're truly desiring to 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 please God, that He'll still be there for you and and take care of you. And uh, and 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 then Crystal's uh, what she read and said about what Paul's doing here, I can see that same concept that you have a man who's who is sinning profusely, but he's doing it out of a, out of a dedication. At least he thinks. To God in the wrong direction, and and there's something to be said about God taking mercy on that person. Because what's interesting is that, and we've talked about this before, Paul was was such a terrible persecutor of Christians. But the reason he was so dedicated to doing what he was doing was because he was trying to be dedicated to the Lord. Now that's no excuse, but it's the truth. And once his eyes were opened and he saw rightly he became a dedicated servant and was obedient to the nth degree to do what God called him to do in delivering the gospel all to the Gentiles and and so I don't want us to, to hear want you to hear me wrong because you could make the same argument that people like David Koresh or, or you know folks who are leading leading cults out there that are, are doing it for their own for their own purposes are, are misguided individuals who truly want to you know and, and, and we don't know their hearts we don't know anybody's heart uh, but at the same time I think it's, it is worth noting here that that, that Paul <coughs> is making that point that that he did what he did out of ignorance but he's not excusing what he did. He's just pointing out God's grace that allowed him to come to salvation to get to where he needed to be. And so it is It is wonderful that we have a Lord who is patient with us um, because we all mess up and we all oftentimes go in the wrong direction desiring to go in the right one. And uh, it's normal. Comments? He says in verse 15 that he points out specifically that he was sinning at the time. Yes. He's definitely not using this as an excuse for anyone or for anybody to run and say, well, I was ignorant and whatnot to get away with it. That it was a sin. He even calls himself the chief of sinners. Yes, he does. In 15. So. Yes, he does. He says, yeah, he goes on to say the, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost and uh, now he's also not saying that at that moment 
he is foremost. But he is certainly making a reference to what he has done and to the things that 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 happened before he was saved because he also makes it clear elsewhere that if you continue on in a life of sin, you need to question <clears throat> question your salvation. And so, but yeah, you're right. He's not excusing it. Um, he's making it very clear that that you know he's got issues and has had issues, uh, but God was willing to still save him. And and I and I want to to take the opportunity here to say, if you're ministering to anyone or talking to family members, or talking to, you know, I, I had the pleasure of, of doing a. I'm trying to remember when this was, but I, I did a uh, uh, a Sunday morning where I don't even remember what the topic was now, but I had a uh, an image on the screen of a man with a with a weight on his back. And the point of that was to, to get into the discussion of there are people in this world who feel like their sin is so heavy that there's absolutely no chance that God could ever lift that weight off of them. And they walk through this world carrying the weight of that sin and, and each day it pushes them further and further down and their back just continues to get bent over. And it's one thing for us to, to tell people, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. But as we talked last week, if we don't bring sin into the discussion, if we don't bring sin into the topic of discussion to make it clear to people <coughs> that we understand everybody's a sinner and you may have this weight on your back. But look at what the Apostle Paul is telling us here. He considered himself the chief of sinners. His weight was as heavy as anyone's. And God still saw fit to lift that weight off of them and bring him to saving knowledge of Christ and deliver him from this. And then use him as an effective minister of the gospel. So let's not forget that God can call you no matter how heavy the weight is on your back. And he will equip you if he calls you. Now, I think that's that's a big part of what's being said here. And let's remember that as we as we talk to people and we minister to people. Um, because we may not feel that burden right now. And it's easy sometimes, I think, for us to forget the weight that people are carrying. Anything else there before we continue on? I've done talked about the time up here. So let's finish up through these next few verses here. Uh, verse 16, he says, um, but I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, <clears throat> be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. God deserves our honor and glory. <coughs> and I think you just brought home the things that we were just talking about uh, there in verse 17, 16 and 17. So it's his perfect patience. And, and it should be an example to those. And um, we'll, we'll kind of stop there because we've, we've gone through the time this morning. Um, any closing comments or anything we'll pick up in verse 18 next week and then uh, we'll get into chapter 2 and uh, we'll talk about women being quiet and all that good stuff <laughs> so uh, I know y'all trying to get us all through <laughs> <laughs>
Let's close and head on now. Thank you all for being here. I love looking out and seeing the seats filled, and uh, um, it energizes me on a, on a morning when I when I get up and I and I roll out of bed and start hobbling through the house and go, oh, not today. And I get here and see all y'all. Appreciate it. Uh, let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you again for all you've done. Lord, help us to continue to look to look to you and for you. Uh, Father, we're grateful for the voices we hear of the children. We're <coughs> grateful for all that you have done for us in this church. Lord, we were, my, we were reminded from so many different angles yesterday that Bellevue is special. <coughs> Let us not lose sight of the fact that we are special because of you. We are special because of the influence that we we feel that we the desire that we have to be obedient the, the love that we have for our fellow man all of that flows from you lord help us to keep you at the center of everything that we do and as we enter into the sanctuary this morning lord help us to to focus upon the message that uh, you've laid upon tink's heart and uh, in this, we pray as always, Lord, that it will be effective in its delivery and, and that we will uh, have new relationships formed this morning and existing ones strengthened. And uh, give us the strength and knowledge to follow you and uh, to do what we know is right each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.